Your attention, please. <laughs> the Walt Disney World Railroad, now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So, Brad, I'm never on our Facebook page, but I can't imagine the amount of hate mail that we got when I went on my paper straw rant at the end of a of one of our recent episodes. So I apologize for making uh, me making, deal with that. Making yeah, me deal making, with all of the paper straw news. Yeah, thank you for making that. you making you deal with that and also uh for bringing it back up to ask you about uh your family's ex- straw experience while they're <laughs> at Walt Disney World now. Yeah, so after we after we discussed that, I did I did say something to uh to my parents about it and they recently uh headed over to Disney for a couple of days and my dad sent me a text message. Paper straws are stupid. I can barely finish a drink before it melts. So he already wasn't a fan. Uh and I you know, when we when we had had the discussion I think on the on the podcast, we discussed the you know, sudden the rise in popularity of the crazy straw, right? Because you can right. go to the uh, to the gift shop and you can get the the crazy straws, the little Mickey head ones, and that would be a way to get around this and still have a reasonable straw instead of a paper straw, right? Right. Yeah, because they're plastic and therefore they're cleanable, therefore they're reusable. Yes. So I had said something to my parents about this as well. And the text message I got a little bit later, and I did not remind my dad about this, but a little bit later, I got another text message. No more crazy straws at the gift shop. Uh, Asked a cast member. They said that they've had a lot of people asking about them, but they aren't aware of any anywhere on property. Hmm. So, yeah, you can't get the, the crazy, which... And I think maybe we, when we discussed this last time, I said I didn't remember them being so easy to find uh, more recently, but uh, crazy straws are not a thing. And I checked the, the what is it now? Because it's not the Shop Disney Parks. It's just the, the My Disney Shop Experience. Disney. Well, no, no, I didn't check that one. I actually checked the My Disney Experience. Oh, yeah, update. My Disney Experience is now the Shop Disney Parks app, just so you know. They, they basically hid... If you hit the uh, the hamburger menu, the little three lines mm-hmm. in your My Disney Experience app, uh, Disney World, whatever it's called, but it's the My Disney Experience app, and you can tap shop there, and you essentially get it's all the it's all that same uh, interface and everything that you had hmm. with the Shop Disney Parks app, so that you can still find because uh, again we had discussed that you you wanted to be able to find things on property, and that was one mm-hmm. of the other big advantages to the Shop Disney Parks app. Yeah, they. When they said they were bringing that aspect into uh, my Disney experience, at least currently, that simply means you can just access the exact same thing through uh, through this app. So that's good to know. All of it's there, all the same buttons. It's it's it is the the app has just been eaten <laughs> by the ever ever growing my Disney experience. But yes, I I checked there. No no straws were listed. So. Yeah, there is no options. He did say that they were able to they they did see some uh some good straws at at Disney Springs. <laughs> uh, some actual real straws. Yeah, they went to I think they went to Planet Hollywood and and got real straws there. 
which I recommended. You know, I said, well, maybe you should have gotten a few more. Uh, but yeah, I'm seriously considering, you know, maybe uh, getting a silicone straw, which, you know what? Maybe that's not the worst thing in the world for the environment that something finally pushes me to get a silicone straw. Again, I'm not going to remind everybody my concerns with, uh, with metal straws, but yeah, a silicone straw seems like it might be a thing in my future. Or they have you the metal well. straws with the silicone. I again, my They're cheap. Yeah, but my question is, if there are people asking about the crazy straws, you're no longer offering plastic straw. Why is Disney not in not even the crazy straw game? Why are they not in the reusable straw? You know, like why is there not a red and you know why is there not a polka dotted, yeah, uh, Minnie Mouse straw that you can get, or you know, like why is there? Why is there not a whole, there needs to be a whole character straw collection. Disney, that's a free idea for you. You're welcome. You know, just like uh, very, um, what, what would this be called, Jeremy? You're, you're a graphic person, devolved version of the character, like into their simplest aspect. Yeah, so, like a so- deconstructed. To, to use a food term, but yeah, decon- like a... a can, can, uh, can, can you do me a favor? Can we not use that term with characters? Deconstructed characters for a story <laughs> like that? I know what you mean, though. And they could, they could, I mean, even just with the color scheme of yes. the character, they could sell a five-pack of character straws for $15, and people would buy them, you know? I would buy one of those. I would buy a cool little straw that, you know, has clearly been inspired by mickey mouse or inspired by buzz lightyear or or whatever uh so yeah disney get in get in on that let's you know that way i don't have to to point my point out to my dad hey if you really want straws he didn't he didn't take me up on this but if you really wanted straws the amazon prime now app did have some available and in you know a couple of hours for seven dollars plus whatever the delivery fee was because i don't it wasn't 35 dollar minimum but uh, you know, shortly he could have a set of reusable straws if he would have really wanted them. So, yeah, uh, all of that to say, maybe try out some somewhere around your home, find a place that has some paper straws, try them out, see if you might want to invest in some uh, reusable straws before your next trip to Disney. I feel like we might. The only issue is getting them around. You know, if Claire, I don't know if she plans on carrying a little bag, but if she does, I mean, I, I really. I'm considering taking some plastic straws, like I, some silicone straws. I told, I looked in those silicone straws. They even have them that they actually will collapse. Essentially, because it's silicone, right? You can just fold it over itself. It will return hmm. to its shape. You can fold it over, and it's got a little uh, travel container, right? Ooh, so cool. you just fold it, and it's like in a little egg. In or, exactly. That's that's what I would. It, Okay, so welcome to Missing the Straw, and let's now tell you about all the reusable straw options that are available for I didn't know about all the straw technology. I'm, no, I'm loving I, it. I thought it was just metal. Dude, there's a whole new world of straws out there. And that takes us into our review of Aladdin 2019. I, I'm just I have, kidding. I haven't seen it. I'm scared because of the reviews. I really wanted... I, I have, no, you not, no. have you not seen it? I have not seen it. Have you seen it? Yes. It's so... Good. It's good. Okay, that's yeah. that's counter to a lot of stuff I've seen lately. It's not okay. So very quickly, it is absolutely unfair to compare a this movie and any any remake, the Jungle Book one, the Lion King one's coming out. It is absolutely unfair and bad to compare it to 
the earlier film because it's a new it's a retelling of the same story but with new actors with a new director with a new everything a new a new style you know it's live action instead of instead of uh, animated and the old movie still exists a lot of the reviews are like, oh, it's not as good as the old one. And it's like, it's fine if you don't think it's as good as the old one, but the old one still exists and you can still go watch it. And no one's going to say, well, you should watch the new one because it's, you know, new. It, that's not how movies work, you know? But I thought it was fine. I thought I think it's a, a, a good telling of the Aladdin story. I think Will Smith did a fine job as Genie. And uh, I think Aladdin and Jasmine, the actors who played them, are both really good. So what you're telling me it. is, don't go into it expecting to to be to see something on par with the previous movie. But if I go into it expecting to see a decent film, I won't be disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're expecting Will Smith to be Robin Williams, you're going to be disappointed because no one can be Robin Williams, and Will Smith does not does not give a performance that is comparable to Robin Williams' genie. But this is not that movie. And he is a really good genie for for this movie. So, But is he as good as... Does, does he rap as much as Shaq did in his movie? Because that's what I really need to know. I would say that the perhaps, yes, he does rap as much as Shaq did. But does he rap as well as Shaq did? But Shaq's raps are uh, an order of magnitude worse than, than Will's raps are. So I think, I think your quantity is probably the same, but the quality is much, much better in Aladdin. Okay, Jeremy, enough, enough about uh, Kazam that that uh you know the epitome of film as we as we all know it oh let me open up letterboxd and give it five stars and, real quick and, and possibly and possibly beloved uh and, and probably a disney property by now because what isn't <laughs> let's talk about uh other properties of disney so okay yeah so this is kind of the the elephant in the room so to speak uh galaxy's edge opened as we record this uh, two days ago in Disneyland, I do not want us to just sit here and recap every single thing that's there and talk about, you know, like all the, the uh, foods available, whatever, because neither of us have been there. Neither of us know firsthand any of this information. Uh, I found a couple of things that I think are, are interesting, and I wanted to, I, I thought we could just talk about those. Um, there is every single popular Disney blog, even Disney food blog has, has several, you know, articles about things that aren't food. Like every Disney website that exists has written up Galaxy's Edge, you know, ad nauseum. With, so, with w- mostly firsthand experiences, which is what we lack, which is why we're right. going to be not as... Uh, I, I fully right. I fully expect us to talk more Galaxy's Edge after September when I go, and then again in November when you go. Yes, absolutely. So uh, the first thing that I that I saw uh, that that I thought was kind of cool was um, WWNT went on Smuggler's Run and intentionally did poorly, and uh, just to see what would happen because Disney's made a 
a big deal about like if you do bad, everyone will know. You know, every all the all the all the cast members in Galaxy's Edge will somehow know that you're the one who crashed the Millennium Falcon. No one wants to wait in line on the you know in the first week of Galaxy's Edge being opened and purposefully you know intentionally do do bad. So WDWNT went and intentionally did bad on Galaxy's Edge, and what happened was on the way out, uh, in the exit, uh, there were tons of red lights. Uh, there's like there's some some sparking and you know flashing lights and stuff and then someone announced over over the loudspeakers in the in the exit how poorly they did and so for them their exit of the millennium falcon was it, it was individualized you know they exited the millennium falcon as a damaged ship whereas you know most people will exit it as a as a you know not uh, it will exit it undamaged because they're going to do better. But Ho- I thought that hopefully, was hopefully yeah. most people will be exiting it as uh, as an undamaged ship anyway. Yeah, I thought it. Was, I just thought it was so cool and and funny that like they're sparking. You know, if you watch the video, there's there's just sparking and flashing red lights, and it's very cool. I mean, it, it's a it's a really cool thing that they do to to make it personal like that. Yeah. So. The more that I've seen of uh, Smuggler's Run, the more excited maybe I've I've been about it because yeah. not not that I was unexcited before, but after seeing you know people actually riding in it, um, you know I, I saw the the Good Morning America deal where they actually you know showed them all getting in it and you know talking about how you're going to be a pilot or a gunner or essentially what I what I heard when I you know, when I heard this and saw this in practice is here is what I want um, mission space to be mm-hmm. right. Because, because mission space has a lot of those ideas as well, where you get grouped together, everybody gets a, you know, role to play. Everybody gets on, there are buttons in front of you. You get told to hit your button at a certain time. But the problem is that's where the breakdown for me happens, because if the engineer doesn't put you into hypersleep, you just get computer override, right? And then you still go into hypersleep and then you still wake up. And if, you know, the, uh, you know, if somebody doesn't extend the wings for landing, it's just going to computer over. So all of these things happen. So your decisions have absolutely no outcome on anything. Right. It's just it's 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 busy work is all that it like fun, busy work. And I enjoy doing it. And I especially enjoy if uh, the few times I've gotten to go when it's like real slow and maybe they don't fill out the whole thing and trying to like reach across to one of the other monitors to hit it. Uh, Pro tip, not always recommended to do, especially if you aren't great with uh, motion sickness anyway, because you're going to be looking sideways. Not a great thing anyway. uh, But, but but you you play no role in the success of mission space. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's what excites me about Smuggler's Run is you can if you don't hit that button, the the events change. Like what's yeah. happening, not not even just like to some extent mission space could do the, you know, we see that only three buttons got hit. So at the end, we're going to have a bunch of, you know, bunch of red lights and you know you did poorly on this uh you fail you fail like 
maybe have you walk out of a different hallway for like the uh the academy rejects or something but it looks like this is even going to be within the actual like the events that are taking place will change because you didn't do something right yeah so it well, becomes was more the, like a video game that way and that was the the story a while back i don't know if you remember but they you know worked with nvidia and they have custom graphics chips you know like and tons of them to render all this stuff out in real time because you have such a such a uh, you make such an impact on the ride experience and yeah so so there was a lot of stories leading up to this point that were telling us this was what was going to happen but i guess i guess my my thing was like up until i start seeing real people writing these things and doing it and saying yes it actually did affect it i i sometimes wonder how much of this is going to be and how much of this is kind of eh, it's like that but it's really lip service so i'm just excited to see that it's uh it actually plays um it plays on the outcome and i haven't seen have you heard anything about what the and and i will totally admit this is because i have not spent enough time reading up on all my galaxy's edge news um they say that you get credits based on your completion of smuggler's run do you know of anything about what those credits are used for? Or is that something we need to research and, and come back to no, at some point? No, I, I have no idea. Okay, okay. Because, you know, having that aspect of it, I think, is cool as well. But, yes, I'm, I am super excited that you finally, though, I don't know. Is this kind of like group projects? You, you did group projects in school, right? Mm-hmm. And you had, were you, the, were you the I do my part person or were you the coasting person, Jeremy? Be honest, you're on a podcast. I was an I do my part person. Okay, but but you knew you knew who that coasting person was going to be, right? Yeah. You're and everybody has the coasting person. I you know, there's that I I have been told. I have been told stories of these these project groups where everybody did their part. I don't I've never seen one, so it might be like Idaho, it might not really exist. Um but yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned because I don't plan on rolling in with five other people and somebody else had better not ruin my experience because right. you don't want to pull your way. Yeah, and that's the, that's the risk there is, is letting, you know, l- letting people have an impact can lead to someone ruining your experience. But at the same time, it's, it's a ride. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm going to tell anybody off because they didn't hit. Oh, and did you see the the whole, like, it's 200 and some odd buttons? So even, because that's another thing, you know, Mission Space, it's here are the two buttons. They are on the left and right of your screen. Hit this button, hit this button. And right. every time you ride, it's going to be hit this button, hit. Not so with, with Smuggler's Run because there's buttons all over the place. And we could tell you to hit any of these buttons that we decide you need to hit on this particular run. Again, I love it because that is the, you know, as often as I go to the parks, stuff that that I can rewrite and get a, you know, somewhat different experience every time, I'm all about. Mhm. Yeah, me too, for sure. The other thing that I saw that that's was really cool was uh like there was a stage show where Kylo Ren quote, you know, arrives in Batu and uh so it starts out with when Kylo Ren comes out of the Thai echelon that's that's there, and he you know talks a little bit about trying to find the uh, the rebel spies or whatever. Uh, and 
that that's you know whatever like we've had stage shows that are star wars themed in hollywood studios before what was interesting to me is that after this you know four minutes or so on the on this stage kylo ren and two stormtroopers walk off the stage and start walking around galaxy's edge looking for ray so they're just like kind of walking around and, and, and interacting, kind of making the whole land a stage. And that is something that I can see being super duper cool in the future as kind of making, because with how, with how like interactive the whole land is, the, the place, it feels like a real place. And so to have these actors, you know, instead of just doing this stage play to a crowd, actually come in and 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 treat the land like it's a location is very cool to me and i can see that being super cool in the future you know the other the other thing about that and and so with smugglers run right i was i was wondering i was like so how does the millennium falcon actually play in and the the only reason that i wonder that is because disney has this set up as you are walking directly into the Star Wars universe. And so the Millennium Falcon, why is it hanging out here? But ostensibly, Chewbacca flies it to, um, what is the guy's name? Uh, Hondo. There you go. Flies it over to, to Hondo's place post The Last Jedi. So Disney has actually taken the time to create a story for this. But because it has a story, it it lives somewhere in the actual timeline, which I think is great because like you said, it allows for, you know, Kylo Ren can come or can, can come looking because that is where he exists in this timeline. And Chewbacca can, you know, you can explain why these characters are going to, to be at this place, right? It's, right. it's a backwater, it's a backwater place where questionable characters are going to be. And, uh, thus, thus they can be there. But what's more interesting to me is this is not a place where you should ever see Darth Vader, right? Because Darth Vader does not exist at this point in time. Right. But... But, but Vader will still be in Hollywood Studios. Right, right. But what that does mean is if you were to make another Star Wars land <laughs> that existed you know, sometime in the original trilogy in between two films or something like that, then suddenly Darth Vader can exist inside of that one. So I, I do, you know, a lot of the fact that Disney, it feels more and more like they have really committed to the, and, and the stage show is just another example of committing to this land as an interactive place. We want you to feel like you are just right in the middle of everything and less of a, you know, in, Okay, look at the look at the previous however many years of this podcast we have done to know that I love Disney and Walt Disney World. I love Fantasyland, Frontierland. But like I don't walk into Frontierland going, "Wow, I'm in the Old West now." You know, like I'm in yeah. I'm in a I'm in a theme park and Old West stuff. And I feel like Disney, you know, and not that they, not that they have completely moved toward this. Um, honestly, I would say what Epcot is probably a good example of this. And, and the Moara Valley is a, is a example of the type of thing that they're trying to do 
where it's more of you are existing in the midst of something going on. But, you know, World Showcase, I think, what has always been a good example of this. But as they continue to play this out, we might we might see uh, another Star Wars land, I think, because they they this does uh, exclude a lot of IP that I'm sure that they'd like to uh, like to pull into the fold. And they I don't think they can pull that IP into the fold uh, in the current land without ruining the story that they're telling. And I don't want them to ruin the story that they're telling. Cause I love that they're telling the story and, and again, doing so in such a, such an interactive way. Gosh, that we're using that word a lot, but, well, but that's it's kind of the, that's kind of the, the hook of the whole place. Yeah. Everything it's, it's a real place, you know, that that's how they've built it. And I think they're doing a great job of it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope, and and the other another aspect to this is we didn't know that this whole, or at least you and I didn't know that this whole Kylo Ren stage show, and then suddenly he's going to go out in the crowd was going to be a thing, right? Yeah, like no, this and that, 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 that wasn't yeah. stuff that Disney was talking about ahead of time. I don't I don't recall anyway. Well, and it 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 tur- like when it first starts, it looks like a Jedi Training Academy. You know, people standing on a stage and yelling so that everyone can hear them. And it it looks and sounds exactly like Jedi Training Academy. And then Kylo Ren walks out of the TIE Echelon exactly like Vader walks out from behind the, you know, door in Jedi Training Academy. But then he breaks the, you know, quote, fourth wall and walks out into the crowd. And then it's it's a whole other can of worms, which is amazing to me. Because I'm not just pretending like you guys are somehow part. No, you guys are legit part of this. You are in this. You are at this place. I'm not just going to talk to you as my crowd. I'm going to go out and take care of my business that needs to be taken care of. Um, yeah, so that excites me because that means that there are there are opportunities for Disney to have other things. You know, I, I, I don't want to use this and make it sound demeaning, but smaller things. That can be, you know, started up further in, you know, so maybe again, we know there's there's a whole other attraction that hasn't taken place. That's not open yet, but there could be other stage shows three months, six months, nine months. And I think that that could be really helpful for Disney because it's also going to keep everybody talking about it. Right. If Mm -hmm. if three months from now. Kylo or six months, let's say six months because I don't want to kill the the uh the show writers at Disney, but six months from now, Kylo Ren stage stage show show, whatever we want to call that, changes, then it's something that you have to discuss all over again. Or they they start up a whole other one while that one's still going on. It's constantly keeping people interested and keeps them coming back, and it's just another way that uh, that you can take advantage of the the way that they have designed this land to keep people coming back, which is great because it's money in Disney's pocket. I think those small things that you're talking about are where the it's really going to shine too. Is is like this is this is something you know bigger, but we don't really have time to get into it. But one of the you know things that the guy at the uh, lightsaber place says. You know, it's like you walk up to him and and he's kind of like hesitant to tell you about lightsabers and all he, you know, does is scrap and I don't know anything about 
any lightsabers. Where, where you know? would you and get like, a lightsaber? What's a lightsaber? Right. This is a um, scrap place. This is right. This is a junkyard, man. If you need junk, yeah, little stuff like that, I think, is where this is really going to shine. And as they figure out what they can do, and and you know, it would be really cool. You know, we talked about if a if a stormtrooper came and escorted you out. Um, you know, for when your reservation's over, you know, that would be really cool if people wouldn't abuse it and purposefully stay late so they could video themselves getting, getting escorted out by a stormtrooper. But it would be, you know, super neat if, if Ray came up to a random person and asked him for help, you know, and, and took him into, took him into not even a show. It's just one-on-one like, Hey, I need your help real quick. And I need you to walk, you know, I can't, I'm too, I'm too recognizable. I need you to walk over there and grab that, you know, thing or whatever and bring it to me, please. And I, I think little stuff like that. And, and that would be a, a 30 second interaction with Ray. And then she walks away and that feels real. You know, it's like if, if she just said, thank you so much, uh, I owe you or whatever. And then she walks away and it's like, oh, wow. You know, that, that really just happened. And I think I think that that kind of stuff would be amazing. And that's the that's the stuff that this world opens up. And even the that's the stuff that they were already starting to do, even with the launch bay. Right. Mm -hmm. Where where suddenly you're trading with Jawas and and little things like that. But it's stuff that was. Leading toward saying this is the this is the way things are moving, so. I'm excited, and somehow we have managed to do an entire show <laughs> um, about straws and the thing we weren't going to talk about that much, Jeremy. Well, yeah, and and I I mean, just suffice to say, like Star Wars, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is open now, and it's been open for three days. It seems like it's going to be amazing, and I'm, I'm sure we have. We have yet to see, you know, 70% of, of what Disney has to offer in this place. But so far, visually, it looks amazing. Uh, the scale of some of these ships, that one thing I, I took away from that video of Kylo Ren was how big that TIE fighter is. Uh, just, he's standing there and he's barely taller than the bottom leg part of the wing. And it's just, the, the scale of this place is, is insane. And so I think I I think it's amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they have to offer uh because of how incredible the first 3 days have been. But we just I mean, we'll see, you know. And and I I look forward to seeing these little, you know, more narrative based things that they can do. Cuz I I kind of, you know, like I feel like if I was watching what I thought was a stage show with Kylo Ren and then he walked off the stage into the crowd in character and continued looking and, and being, you know, angry and stuff. I think I feel like that would kind of freak me out a little bit because it, 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 it's so much more than a show at that point. And so I don't know, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I think this land is awesome. And I, I think that, uh, I think Disney's is, has done a great job. I think all the money and time they've poured into this is, is really paying off. Hey Jeremy, is it a Tie Fighter or a Tie Echelon? I think they're all Tie Fighters. Is Fighter like? I don't know. Yeah, because Vader's Fighter was a Tie Advance. 
So maybe it is TIE Echelon and TIE Fighter is just the straight up and down winged ones. Nerd. I think that'll do it for this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at MTM Podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MTM Podcast. And you can visit us on the web at missingthemouse.co. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And until then, have a magical day. <laughs> <laughs>